Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... A relaxed, refreshed Jason Shear. We took the week off. We followed Arizona's schedule. It was the bye week, by weekend. So we were also off and it was wonderful. We watched football. I watched football still. Yes, a lot of football. Shelby, what did you do this week? Um, I had two major events during the situation of the bye week, and I'm tired. Okay, that sounds like an excuse, but you know, whatever. I'm never tired. Arizona Athletics wakes me up. 24-7. It doesn't put me down. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying. Jason's delirious right now because we're back. We're back. It's almost like we never left. I mean, it was nice to have a week off. We did have a really enthusiastic fan that we met at dinner at Trident. Yeah, I don't remember his name now. It was Nick. Nick Gomez. Gomez. Yes. So thank you so much, Nick. We appreciate you. I don't like, usually I don't like going out to sports bars because people will recognize me and uh, Nick recognized me. Immediately. Immediately. And he was very nice though. Wasn't rude or anything. No, he was very, very nice. Remember that time at Bookman, someone pulled up in their car and almost hit me and screamed out, are you sheer? And then Yo, I, said, sure. I said, yes. And then they drove away and I was 97% sure I was going to get murdered within the hour. Yeah. It's my favorite thing is when people recognize Jason in public, watch his face because he's trying to be really nice, but mostly he's, he's kind of shy. He, it makes him a little nervous, but I think it's hilarious. So please do it right. anyway. Um, yeah. What else happened while we were on break? Um, Our kids had fall break. <laughs> oh, we gotta say this. I I said this on Twitter, but I want to really hammer this hammer this our weekend home here. Mm-hmm. We had a, a yard sale. We had a yard on sale Saturday and Sunday, and I believe it was Sunday was the incident, Shelby. Yes. Uh, I won't name names. Janet, though, lives in the neighborhood. <laughs> stopped by. We've never. Let's keep in mind, we've never met her before. Didn't know who she is. I right, she came by. I was talking to Shelby, and I had been in the house. Uh, watching NFL, and I came out, and the kids were out in the garage playing happy, and all of a sudden, Janet goes, oh, and this was as she was walking, leaving, she goes, oh, forgot to tell you, 
did you know your house was haunted? <laughs> and Brielle, who is nine. Uh, nine, looks at me like, Dad, what's going on? And in my head, I'm like, Janet, you better shut the F up right now and not keep going. But no, Janet proceeded to explain to my children that our house was on an Indian burial ground. And there was a no, haunted. even better. There was a massacre in this yes, area. Yes, there was a massacre underneath my house. They had to bring in a shaman who couldn't and a even, priest who couldn't even get in our house because it was filled with so many bad spirits. <laughs> Keep in mind, my kids are listening. Who had to walk around the block, and the whole area was filled with bad spirits. But thankfully, the shaman got rid of them, and we and were the like, priest. "Yeah, there's no ghosts here, ma'am." And she's like, "Well, not anymore. There's not." It's like, yeah. "Thank you very much, Janet." For scaring the shit out of my children. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Didn't even great. buy anything either. That was the worst part. She just kind of <sighs> dropped this knowledge, and then Thanks, she just Janet. wandered off into the sunset. But uh, yeah, it was pretty memorable. It Our we so were actually met with. Uh, we have a third host today. You can't see him or hear him. He's a ghost. He's a ghost host in honor host. of Halloween. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, I guess we should talk about football. That's what people want to hear. At some point, too, we're going to have a basketball podcast. Yeah, well, the first basketball game is in a week. Because it's in a week so from we're, we're today. So we're definitely we're going to start. I haven't figured out how we're going to do that. We're probably going to do much shorter basketball podcasts because there's two games a week. Review, preview, all that. And there's only so much. It's not like football where there's, you know, there's only so much you could preview. But we'll do, we'll do like 10-minute basketball kind of episodes. You know, I can't do a full breakdown of Western Oregon exhibition. That's just not going to happen, guys. But we'll obviously talk basketball. Pac-12 Media Day is Wednesday. Um, Arizona, my guess, will be picked to finish second in the conference. You might be listening to it already and it's come out. But I would assume UCLA will be the favorite. I picked Arizona to finish second. I put up my full standings on Wildcat Authority. But my top three was UCLA, Arizona, Oregon, and then Stanford, and then USC. And then I don't know. I just picked Arizona. Our dogs are killing each other over here, but it's fine. Um, Shelby picked Arizona 1 through 10. <laughs> she only picked 10 because her poll did not include USC or UCLA. In her Boo. mind, they're already done. So Yeah. Anyway, okay. it's homecoming. Gronk's going to be there this weekend. There's a bonfire. There's a bonfire. Uh, there's always been a bonfire since I've been a student, and I've never gone. And finally, I've decided that we're going to go this year. So if you see Jason in the crowd, make sure you yell really loud, Yo, sure! Uh, let's see. Button Salmon, who wasn't good at football, is going in the ring of honor because he died backing the A. Uh, what do you or, mean he wasn't good at football? He was like the captain of everything. He wasn't good, Shelby. He well, really, he was He was the leader. Okay, yeah. I, it, he was the leader of young men. Shelby, if you lead a Carl's Jr., it doesn't mean that you're like a culinary <laughs> No, but wasn't he? He was good at some sports, but football necessarily yeah. wasn't well, his thing. It's very weird, Ring of Honor, because like the criteria is weird. You don't necessarily have to be a good player. Like I love Ortiz Jenkins and the Leap by the Lake. If you look at his stats, he's not. like. And it has to do <laughs> like, with feelings and tradition. Uh, yeah. What else did we get? Uh, Derek Vandermeer, Vander, Derek V. Shelby, you met him. At one point. He did. He got the, I don't think you know this actually, because you were at work. He is the new athletic director at Bowling Green. I saw the tweet actually, because uh, I follow you he, all day long. He is a very, oh, he's a very big part of the football support program. And he's Dave Hickey's right-hand man. He is Dave Hickey's right-hand man. My assumption is that Brent Blaylock will get promoted to Derek's spot. But um, I know Derek was polarizing at times, but he was absolutely liked within the football program. It was a very big football guy so he will be missed there 
All right. Well, happy trails. Woo! On to the next thing. And uh, we're going to talk about USC now. We're previewing USC's offense for the game on Saturday. Uh, we're going to start with USC's offense starts with Caleb Williams. Why is he so impressive? He's just got it. You He's know, like sometimes you watch players and, you know, they may not be the fastest. They may not be the strongest. And he is. He's good. But they have that it factor that kind of separates them. Dark quality. So this is a kid where his freshman year at Oklahoma, he comes in, he completes 64% of his passes, has 21 touchdowns and four picks. Then he adds 442 rushing yards and adds six rushing touchdowns. His passing yards and touchdowns were the most ever at Oklahoma by a true freshman. I mean, those are stupid numbers for a freshman. Then he goes to USC to follow his boy Lincoln Riley, has the same completion percentage, and has 19 touchdowns and only one pick. Um, you saw last week, like he only he completed 59% of his passes, which isn't great, but he had 381 yards and five touchdowns against Utah. He struggled against Oregon State. He was really bad, probably the worst game that I've seen him play in. But the thing is, he... he especially when running like he's not going to run for 200 yards on you he's not that type of mobile quarterback but he just makes plays happen that aren't there thank you brody for playing with your toy in the middle of the podcast but he he makes plays happen that uh that just aren't there like they're plays that normal quarterback shouldn't be making and he has a <laughs> he has a good uh, Brody. Give me the toy. He has a good, he has a great arm. Um, he's obviously very accurate with the one pick, but again, like he makes the right decisions. And you know, you don't hold the Oregon State a game against him, but he's one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. I laughed because I saw someone sent me a tweet by someone that said he's not that good, and he's helped by his O line, which is just stupid. He is that good. I mean, he is a legitimately good quarterback. It is very hard for USC to pull away in games without Caleb Williams playing well. Like, there's a reason that Oregon State game was close for most of it. So what, what makes him good is that he's just, he's dynamic. He can beat you in a lot of ways. And once he kind of, you put pressure on him, he's very slippery. And uh, and he seems to make the right moves and, and know where to go at the right times. He's just, he's a very dynamic, well-rounded quarterback and a future NFL starter for a long time, in my opinion. Okay. Um, next. Other than that, he sucks. Yeah, boo. Lincoln Riley isn't necessarily known as someone who wants to run a lot, but he has a back that you really like. Yes, he does, Shelby. <laughs> Tell me all about this back. You're a pervert. Anyway, <laughs> good Lord. So I'm a big uh, Travis Dye fan. I thought Austin Jones, the Stanford transfer, would be better, but it's really become Travis Dye's backfield. Has 647 yards and uh, seven touchdowns and 101 carries. So he's averaging six and a half yards a carry pretty much. And, you know, like I mentioned the Oregon State game, Caleb Williams struggles. So what happens? Well, Travis Dye gets the ball 19 times and runs for 133 yards and a touchdown. Uh, That at the time was his third consecutive 100-yard rushing game. It was the first time that he had done it his whole career. Then they play ASU and he rushes 13 times for 62 and has two touchdowns. Then he runs against Washington State, who has a really good defense, and goes for 149 yards on 28 carries and a touchdown. So he's now on a streak of a rushing touchdown in five consecutive games. And what they're also doing is they're starting to use him more um, out of the backfield as a receiver as well. He's just one of these older guys. It was a weird decision when 
He transferred from Oregon to USC because he was getting the ball plenty at Oregon. Um, and it's, it's, it's a weird situation because it's actually worked out pretty well. Oregon clearly has a really good running game. Bucky Irving is awesome, and, and they have Noah Whittingham and uh, Bo Nix. They've done well there. But, you know, I, I thought it would be Travis Dye and Austin Jones. And Austin Jones had – he played really well against Fresno State, but his numbers, his carry numbers have gone down. Uh, Relique Brown is another guy that is going to be a stud but isn't necessarily getting the carries now. Um, there's a legit chance that on Saturday Caleb Williams is the second leading rusher for USC in terms of carries. But dies that dude, and he's really good. I mean, and, and, and when you take a look at Arizona's run defense, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bad matchup because he's a powerful back that is hard to bring down on the first touch. And we know how Arizona struggles with tackling. Um, big fan of Travis Dye. I think he's one of the more underappreciated backs in the country, probably. And if you put him on a team where he was getting 25, 30 carries a game or something like that, uh, he'd have some pretty awesome numbers. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He sounds like it. I'm a big fan That's, of yours too, Shelby. I mean, I wish you had that many nice words to say about me that you had about Let me just this. shut up and read the questions, okay? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, Jordan Addison is questionable for Saturday. If he doesn't play, what type of loss is that? Yeah, I mean, it's a big loss for most teams. I mean, he's clearly really good. Uh, he's, you know, he's not putting up the numbers he put up at Pitt, which was like 9,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. But he has 39 catches for 585 yards, seven touchdowns. And he's one of these guys that has the ability to completely change the game. Um, if he doesn't play, other guys are going to have to step up. And the thing that's interesting about USC is they don't have, especially if Addison doesn't play, they don't have that bigger wide receiver. Like Mario Williams would be their best receiver, probably if Addison didn't play. He's only 5'9". Um, he's got 26 catches for 493 yards and four touchdowns. He's good. I think USC fans, a chunk of them thought that he would be better, but he's been solid. Uh, Taj Washington is 5'11 only. Has 17 catches for 214, but has yet to score a touchdown. Brendan Rice was a Colorado transfer. Um, you know, people ask me why Arizona didn't really recruit Brendan Rice that much um, coming out when, when he was in the portal. And A, they weren't going to land him. And B, I said at the time, and you can go back and check this. This isn't sour grapes or anything. He's not that good. He's a bigger guy, but he's not fast and he's not strong enough to break away. And because I'm saying this, he's going to go for 250 yards and three touchdowns on Saturday. But I want to make it clear that before that happens, he's not, he's not that, that good. good. And I think that USC fans, you know, I, I follow USC quite a bit. Brother-in-law, shout out to Josh, is went to USC dental school. You know, big USC dude. Um, I follow them. I follow them for years. But he only has 16 catches. I just, he's not a game changer. Maybe his role expands. Uh, Michael Jackson, the third. Yeah, that's right, Shelby's looking at me. Uh, he scored against Utah on a 20-yard catch. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of step up. You know, they're going to use the, the running backs to the receiving game more. Maybe they got a guy like Brown involved. Maybe they get the tight end a little bit more involved with Arizona, against Arizona. But um, if Addison plays, he'll be fine. If he doesn't, their weapons kind of decrease a little bit. But it's not as if they're, you know. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sisters of the Poor here. And Shelby's going to sneeze right here in the podcast. This whole podcast is going to help. Bless me. Excuse me. We got sneezes. Uh, We've got Trojans. We've wow, got... it's quite a party. Wow. But, I mean, obviously they have weapons, but, um, yeah, I mean, losing a guy like Addison changes the game completely. He's almost a guy you have to double. But, um, you know, I, I've been consistent in saying I know USC fans think they have the best wide receiving core in the conference. You don't. Arizona does. <laughs> Shut uh, T-Mac, Jacob Cowling. Dorian Singer, those that is the best trio. The the one that comes close to me is like you could make an argument to me where USC's third. I think Arizona and Washington are right there. Um, but you know, I, I think you look at Arizona and they kind of have a combination. Cowing, you know, is a smaller, faster slot guy. Then they have T Mac, which is big and physical, and Washington's built the same way. USC has has small receivers, they're dynamic, they're explosive at times. Um, but again, like Mario Williams is five nine. He's not gonna out size he was not going to out jump you he's a good route runner and he's a solid receiver brandon rice has been disappointing etc so um you know their their weapons are there it's still usc their offensive line is really good but um you know a couple things to keep an eye on if addison does not play yeah well here's the big question and the one that we're all wondering about is there any way that Arizona can find a way to stop this defense so what i would do is i would send a ga to lax and i would poke holes in the plane's tires. Right. Steal the rest of the tires. And if USC doesn't make it to Tucson, I think there's a good chance that Arizona could stop USC. Right. Um, in reality, no. There's no way that Arizona... And here's the thing. It, like, Arizona's weaknesses, like, Jed Fish mentioned the counterplay. Johnny Nansen at the presser said that there's always that one hot play of the year. That coaches run. And this year in the Pac-12, it's the counter with the tackle. The problem is Arizona cannot stop the counter. They've done a horrible job against the counter. And USC probably runs more counter than any team that Arizona's faced all year. Caleb Williams is another in a long line of good quarterbacks that Arizona will see all year. I just got done talking about how good Travis Dye is, and we know how bad Arizona's run defense is. If I'm Arizona, I'm just blitzing the hell out of USC. Every time. Yeah, like I'm blitzing more than I have all season. Because in a world where you don't get to Caleb Williams, you might as well just keep sending your offense back on the field. It's over before it even begins. Blitz them. Try to make them uncomfortable. Try to at least force mistakes or force Lincoln Riley to get cute or whatever it may be. Um, because if you sit back in coverage or you're dropping defensive linemen in coverage or whatever it may be, if you're not getting pressure on USC – you have absolutely no chance of winning that game. No chance in hell. Oh, my God. You're so tired. I'm so tired. But that's okay. Uh, well, anyway, I guess we already know the answer to this. But do you expect to see some new faces 
on that side of the ball this week? I do. So we have one confirmed by Fish. And by the way, I don't know if I said this on a previous podcast, but before the bye week, um, we were told that the depth chart would be released on Thursdays. We had gotten them on Mondays, and then if there were changes on Thursdays, blah, blah, blah. My guess is Jetfish just doesn't want to answer questions about depth chart changes and all that. But uh, the biggest one, the one that we know, is Ephesians Prysock. Uh, we know because Jetfish said that he is going to be getting more playing time. Uh, you know, if he starts, I, we don't know. I would just start him at this point. Um, you know, we've gone over the corner situation. Isaiah Rutherford should probably be healthy enough to play. But he, it's not like he was good when he was playing. Trade on Stu seriously has not been the same since he got injured. He, he really hasn't. Um, has not played well at all this season. And I'm of the belief that if you're playing so poorly that, you know, you can't stop anyone. Arizona is literally headed towards a historically bad defensive season. You might as well play your freshman and lose that way because at least they're gaining valuable experience for next season. We know based on practice, based on high school, that Ephesians, Prysock, and Takara Davis, while they might not necessarily be ready now, their future really good corners. Like, Is there a better name than Takario, by the way? Ephesians? I mean, it's close. <laughs> I prefer Takario. Yeah. Thank you, Shelby. I just want to say that. I appreciate you. I <laughs> so, love names. Um, look, are they going to struggle at first? Yeah. Is putting him against USC the, you know, the perfect situation? No. USC's obviously got receivers that are going to give those guys trouble. But throw them in. Play them. Just play them the rest of the year. Like, you put in Jacob Manu, he was great. You never know. Right, You never know when they're going to help you down the road. I would play the freshman corners. If you don't want to do it every snap, figure out who your other corner is and split. Split with Prizehawk and Rutherford. Split with Prizehawk and Stuke, whatever it is. I think you're going to see Kungaika, Russell Davis, Sterling Lane play more. Is it going to be 40, 50 snaps? No. But is it going to be 20? I think there's a good chance of that. I believe that during the bye week, Arizona took a long look at the personnel and said to themselves, should we redshirt this guy and should we not? And if they decided that they are not, you're going to see more guys play. And if they said they are, you saw the four-game rule. So I think now is when you're going to see a lot of younger guys play. And if they turn out to be really good, maybe you don't redshirt them. And if they don't, maybe you still do redshirt them. But this is the time where you have to start getting younger guys in because as shitty as it sounds, Arizona's defense literally cannot get worse. I'm not sure it's statistically possible to be worse than Arizona's defense has been this season. So to me, you play Prysock, shit, you start them. And you kind of go from there and play a lot more guys, especially younger guys. Okay. So we know, uh, I don't know why are we having a podcast tomorrow, but uh, it sounds like we already know where. Well, we got to do the defense side of the USC is not good on defense. I'm not saying Arizona won't score. On offense. That's true. I am very surprised, though. I, uh, I don't bet on Arizona because I cover the team. I bet on other games. But... I'm very surprised that spread has not moved. Not even a half a point. It is 15 points holding steady from when it was released on Sunday. I thought people would jump all over USC. I really thought that it would be like 20 points by the time it kicked off. So I'm I'm really surprised that people are just back in the A, show. There's no movement on that on that Back spread. the A. Michael Luke. We got you. Oof. I guess really we're backing the A for Arizona. Yeah. But Mike, that's Michael Luke's thing. It's all our thing. It's all our thing. My thing. Your thing. I still have the back PA cover photo on my Twitter page all season long. Not me. I said that if Arizona had an upset win this season, I would put it back up. So if Arizona beats USC, I'll put it back up. 
Perfect. And I will be absolutely fucking unbearable. <laughs> yeah, I know, Brody. I will be unbearable if Arizona wins. I still remember, my dad reminds me, when I was a student at Arizona, he came out for the USC game by himself, and I picked him up at the Tucson airport, and he was coming from L.A., and out comes players with parents and alumni, all were in USC, every single person on the plane. And my dad comes off the plane and he ignores me. And the guy next to him starts laughing. I go, dad, why are you ignoring me? I love you, bear down. And it was because I had my FUSC shirt on. And so he, he's like, I can't believe you picked me up on that. And I said, I always back the A, dad. All the, the time. USC fans were cracking up. They thought it was hilarious, but it was a big old, it was a maroon shirt and then yellow. It looked like it said USC, but it said FUSC. And then I had the FUCLA one, and the McHale Center security guard made me turn inside out. Yeah, that's stupid. But whatever. I won't wear the FUSA on Saturday. Maybe I will. Tell me. Well, I mean, your brother-in-law went there, so you're a little classier now. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> is anyway. Is still open? If anyone is listening to this from USC, is Chano still there? They used to have pastrami nachos there, Chef. Wow. That sounds like a heart attack. It was, but it was good. I'm trying to think of the games I went. I went... When Arizona was the underdog, they kicked the crap out of USC and everyone started firing. If you're listening to, and you're a USC fan, let me know when this was. I don't remember off the top of my head. Everyone started chanting, fire Hackett, because their coach was Jeff Hackett, and then they fired him. And then I went to USC-Notre Dame game where they didn't let fans in fast enough. There was a near riot, and Josh, my brother-in-law, picked me up and threw me over the barrier so I wouldn't get smashed to death. It was awesome. And that's when you knew that you would allow him to marry your sister. Yeah. I liked him at that point. I, I don't hate USC. I mean, I do. But the <laughs> the song annoys you. I know it annoys the crap out of you. Yeah. The, the I can't victory. stand it. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I will. If, if like if USC is playing in the Pac-12 tournament. If UCLA was playing USC, who would you root for? I would always root for USC. Interesting. I would always. I, I don't want to root for either of them, but I would. Okay, USC. Good job. You know, I will never root for UCLA or ASU, even if they're playing, if it's like a representing Pac-12 situation. Come here right now. I'm just saying. Come here right now. F-U-C-L-A. Shelly and I have to go. We have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, and I just realized that my daughter walked in the room and heard that, so. Yay, I, we're good parents. We're, we just won Parents of the Year. Please send your trophies to our address. We have dogs fighting, kids listening to it's sexual like innuendos. Mass hysteria. Bear down, back the A. Bear down. So I just realized it is Paul Hackett, and he did get fired after that year, and he lost to Arizona 31 to uh, to 15. Arizona was 5-6 and six, uh, that year, and they got run. Dino Babers was so the offensive So what you're saying player. is Arizona's got a chance. Look, I'm not saying Arizona is going to lose this game, but I'm not 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 saying that Arizona is not going to not win this game. <laughs> okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 